Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those worship guides. Inside of there are some sermon notes as we dive into part four, the finale of the greatest story ever told, where we've been looking through the Bible, looking at the story of God, and from the very beginning until now, and seeing how the story of God relates to the story of your life, and where I've showed you that the things that happen throughout the Bible, um, I believe they're historically accurate. I believe they're reliable. Um, this series is not about proving that, but we've done series in the past that have proved that. But really, it's really more important the fact that you understand that they're not just historically accurate, but they're personally accurate to your life. And here's why. It's write it down in your notes that the Bible isn't just a story that happened, but it's a story that always happens. So we see the trend of the Bible, the, the major themes of the Bible happen in your life. And it's come down to four major things. This is week four of it, but we started it off three weeks ago talk about how the Bible started off with this thing called creation, and, and just like your life, you were created by God, so it's not just something that happened, but it's something that always happens. Man is, and women are, we're created by God, and let me just say it to you, if nobody else has told you, I want you to know today that you are not an accident, you are not a mistake, your parents might not have planned you, but God did. He's had his hand on you from the very beginning. He fashioned and he formed you and he made you weird on purpose because he's got a big plan for your life. You were created by God. And, and, and here's why he created us. He created us because he wanted a relationship with us. Now, for us to have a relationship, we have to be given a choice because we can't be robots. We gotta have be people and people are given a choice. So we understand that in the very beginning in creation, Adam and Eve were given a choice. And what did they do? They chose sin. Now, I know... We give them a hard time and we want to beat them up, but let me just say, you've kept on the tradition pretty well also of making the choice of choosing sin. So what's the outcome of sin? It was week two where we talked about chaos and our world is chaotic and the result of sin is that our, our, our lives don't work out the way we want them to work out. Our marriages mess up, our kids have issues, our, our minds have struggles our bodies aren't the way they should be. Come on, if the world was perfect, how many know you should be able to see that hat, hot, uh, you know, uh, red sign flashing at Krispy Kreme that says hot donuts now, and you should be able to pull in there and eat as much as you want and get abs. Come on, how many know that's the way it should be? That's the way it'll be in eternity, but right now it's broken. Right now we gotta eat kale and garbage like that, and it's just like... And I know what you're thinking, well, you haven't had my healthy recipes. Yes, I have, and Krispy Kreme is better. But one day, by and by, we'll all rejoice and eat that stuff for eternity. And, and so what happens in the midst of our chaos, we learned last week on Easter that God brought the cross in the midst of our chaos. And the cross is God's solution to our chaos. In other words, we needed a divine savior. You, savior, you could not pull yourself out of the pit you were in. You could not do enough good works to get yourself into heaven. But I'm thankful that our God did not wait for us to get our act together. He came down to us. He saved us. He rescued us. Come on, this church just need to help me this morning. Why aren't we thankful for the cross that got involved in our life? So, so we saw last week that the cross invaded our Chaos, and now what's next is the big question. Well, it leads us to week four, which is also about the last quarter of the Bible we see from the cross that we see this thing happening called the commissioning. The commissioning, there's a commissioning, a launching of the church, a launching of believers. And I want you to understand that this is for your life today. Now, before I get into it, let me just tell you something about Katie and I. Katie and I are not food connoisseurs, all right? 
we don't know a lot about, you know, good foods and all that kind of stuff. We like to eat them, but we're, we, we really are new to this whole thing of like nice restaurants. When, when Katie and I started dating, I remember our very first date, I kind of asked her a bunch of questions and go, hey, you know, what, what's, your, what's your favorite restaurant? And this is no lie. This is not an exaggeration. She said, my favorite restaurant is McDonald's. I know. So, so I said, well, where are you from? She's like, I'm from, from Auburndale. Now, if you know anything about Auburndale, it's, it's in between uh, Lakeland and Orlando. And it's just like the sticks, it's kind of out there. And what I realized is like, listen, you can take the girl out of Auburndale, but you can't take Auburndale out of the girl. Like you just, there's this ingrained. And I thought, man, this is gonna be a cheap date. It's gonna be awesome. So we spent some of our best dates going to McDonald's and it was awesome. And we have a healthy marriage since. And our bodies aren't too healthy, but our marriage is awesome. So that's funny. But uh, I remember, so we never really ate at really nice places before moving to Tampa. Well, a few months into the church launching when we moved here to Tampa, a couple walks up to us and hands me a gift card to Burns. Well, I've never been before. I never heard of Burns before. And I was like, I was like, thank you. Like, it's a nice restaurant. You got to dress up for it. I was like, oh, that's really nice. And I open it up and it's for $200. Now, I had never spent $200 on a meal in my life. $200. I told Katie, I said, baby, we're going to be able to eat at this place 12 times with this money. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so we get all dressed up. Now, if you've never been, you got to go. Like, it's, it's quite an experience. Uh, it's a, like, it's a Tampa staple place and you go to it and it's like you walk into a murder mystery place. You know what I mean? Like you, you're in the movie, the, the game of Clue and you're like, I think that person's going to kill that person. They're all in suits and they don't smile. It's just, it's intense. But, but I told Katie, I said, listen, if, if we're going to pay 200 bucks for this deal, I, I want it to be good. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to McDonald's. I want it to be good. So I, I start talking to the waiter. And, you know, what, what makes this place so famous? What makes it, oh, man, our herbs, we grew them today. I picked the ones for your soup. I'm like, I don't think that's true. But I was like, I was like well, listen, I've had steak before. I've gone to Golden Corral. Like, what, <laughs> what's the difference? And, you know, they start explaining how it's aged meat and, you know, it's, 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 it's grass-fed. I was like, aren't they all in? No, 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 there's a special grass that we feed them in. <laughs> this is weird. We gave it a massage and then we slaughtered it. I was like, that's weird too. <laughs> but but I, I remember eating it and, and like the light clicked on, like, like, oh, I can see. I can see why. Like, it, it, was, it was a major price, but let's, let me tell you, it met the expectations that I'm willing to pay more if I can get a little bit more, if I can get a nicer experience out of it. And it reminds me, listen, I want your attention for just a second. It's, it's I would never pay Burns prices for a McDonald's experience. Does that make sense? So, so, so I think there's gotta be kind of an even exchange. Now this connects with Easter because when it comes to the price of your salvation and your redemption and your forgiveness, I want you to know God did not pay McDonald's prices for you. He, he paid a burns price for you to bring about a burn style expectation on your life. I think there's a lot of us, if we're honest, God paid a burns price and we're giving a McDonald's experience in return. And, and I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. I'm gonna say it all with a smile today. But I want you to know, there's nothing that you did that could bring you to the salvation you experienced. But I want you to know this, you did not work to get that salvation, but you are saved to do some kind of works. 
You, you, there is some kind of assignment that God has for your life. There, it's not because of something you did, but it is something for something so that you can do something else. I actually grew up hearing this phrase all the time. I think it's time to bring it back. A question I would ask myself all the time and evaluating my, my spiritual journey is simply this, is what I am living for worth Christ dying for? Come on, let it sink in for a little bit today. Like, is the lifestyle I'm living, is the evangelism I'm walking in, is the way I'm giving, is it worth the sacrifice? Because he paid a great sacrifice. God did not send a suggestion or a song. He sent his son to the earth to die on the cross for you. And I think it's about time we live for him because of that. So, so, so what do we have to do about this? Well, the Bible tells us very clearly that he gives us a commission. He gives us an assignment to do with our life. Everybody's so confused. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 28 exactly what we're supposed to do. We call it the Great Commission. You're gonna hear about it today, the Great Commission. It reminds me of a baton, uh, uh, that, or like a relay, a runner's baton. And, and I know a lot about this because I was in track in fourth grade. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> was for two weeks. So I, I joined track and I was part of the team and we had our first meet. I did a couple practices and my thing was gonna be the hurdles. I was gonna jump over hurdles um, because I was small and lanky and, and because I wasn't good at the other parts of track. So my family all shows up that day. I think I told this three or four years ago here and they showed up that day. And they're all excited because Aaron finally found his thing. Like it wasn't basketball, it wasn't baseball. The, the, he's finally found the thing that's gonna be his deal. And so they're all showing up and I'm all excited. I'm sitting there at the starting line and, and I'm ready to go, I'm ready to run, I'm ready to do my hurdles and, and I'm looking at them and I'm so excited because all my, my family's there and they're watching me. Normally I was on the bench at the other sports but this one I'm, I'm running, you know. So, so we go, we go to take off and I start to run but I'm so focused on the fact my family's all there. I'm like, I got it, I got it. And they're like, look ahead of you. So by the time I look ahead of me, I was a little too delayed in running and jumping and, and my feet clipped the top of the hurdle and I tumbled in front of everybody. Yeah, so I quit the team. That's my entire experience. No other experience in running. So this whole illustration, I'll tell you, is because I've Googled a lot about relays and running. Because when I think of the Great Commission, I think of it as a great race a great relay race, and, and every relay race has, has four people, and it has and, and the four times 100 relays, which is the, the famous one in the Olympics, has four different runners, and everybody's responsible for a couple things. They're responsible for, first of all, receiving the baton, they run their part, and then they release it to the next person. They receive it, they release it. And actually, the whole race is, is made off the fact of a 20 meter stretch called the exchange zone. So there's a zone that it's either won or lost in that exchange zone. So in 2004, the US women's team, four times 100 relay, was the best in the world, they're the fastest in the world, the most potential of everybody in the world. And in that exchange zone, the person that went to, to uh, receive the baton did not grab it in enough time. So when they're running together, they ran out of the exchange zone. And because of that, they were disqualified in 2004. So they learned their lesson in 2008. They're like, that's it. We're, not, we're gonna make sure we do it on the right time. And this time, 2008, again, fastest people, best people possible. They, they run, the girls run. I think it's the second or the third runner. They get up to the exchange zone and they drop it too quickly and it drops right there in the exchange zone. Again, they lose the Olympics because of it. 
Everything was made or broken because they didn't either receive it or release it the right way. When I look at the Great Commission, I want you to get this. The Great Commission is, is made off the fact that every generation is responsible for receiving and releasing the Great Commission. That we gotta understand that we have a responsibility when it comes to taking on the commission of God, the assignment of God, that it's bigger than us and it's our time to say, no, 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 I'm not gonna just go by whatever shiny thing this culture has to offer me. And it's this new job and it's this new career. No, I'm gonna do what God tells me to do. I'm gonna take on the assignment that God has for me and I'm gonna run it when God tells me to run it. And then we're also gonna raise up a generation of people who while, when they get past their, their prime in their life of them running their race, they're gonna focus on not just running their race, but handing off the baton to the people that have come after them. So they're gonna lead small groups and, and they're gonna invest in other dream teamers. And, and what are they gonna do? They're gonna invest in their children and they're gonna make it their responsibility to go, I'm gonna make sure that the people coming after me are gonna be able to run with this baton of faith like the generations before have made sure we've done it. And, and let me just be very real with you. I'm a little worried for the fact that we have so many people that have not embraced the commission of God in their life, and we have so many people that have delegated the responsibility that God has given them to pass that on to the next generation. Parents in here today, listen to me, and I know it's tempting because we want our kids to be the best, and we want our kids to be the brightest, and I see you pushing that a lot, and you have them at every sports team and every sports game, and I see you pushing it, and I love it, but I'm a little worried that we're more interested in them going to Harvard than we are them going to heaven. Like, we just gotta be honest about it. I, I see a lot of judgment when people come into radio and they go, oh, so many young people in here, and we're more worried about the color of their hair than the condition of their heart. We've gotta change this thing and go, no, 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 if I'm in here, if God's given me any bit of wisdom, I'm gonna pass on the Great Commission to make sure that the generation after me runs with it even better than I ran with it before. Come on, Radiant Church, this is God's assignment on our life. So, so I'm gonna help you say yes to the Great Commission today, okay? So we're gonna look at it, Matthew 28, next few minutes, and I'm gonna help you understand what does it mean to say yes to being commissioned by God, because every single one of y'all are. Here's how Jesus says it. He says, then the 11 disciples, remember there's 11 because one of them didn't do too well. He didn't make it, all right? <laughs> he went to Galilee and to the mountain where Jesus had, what did Jesus do? He told them to go there. We don't like that, do we? No, 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 let's vote on it. Let's, let, Jesus, let's, let's all of us decide together how we all feel. No, no, no. I think it's about time we come back under the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's in charge. He's the primary voice, not us. Like, you'll live life better that way. And he says, they told him to go. And when they saw this, I've read this for years, never saw this part. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Who are some of the, some of the people that doubted? The 11. These are the great apostles of faith. Here's what, here's what they did. I want you to get it. You're gonna say yes to the great commission. Here, here's what they did. They had doubts in their heart. Why? Because of the crucifixion they just saw, the resurrection that they think they're seeing, like, did it happen, did it not happen? Is Jesus really who he said he was? But in the midst of their doubt, get this, and their discouragement, they still were obedient to God to go where he told them to go. So here's what the why of the Great Commission is. Ready? The why of saying yes is that I'm just yielded to God, that I'm just gonna obey God over what I feel. And I think there's a, there's a new assignment on Radiant Church to just go, you know what, I'm gonna obey God no matter what. Now, this is hard for me because I'm stubborn. 
Um, anybody in here married to someone a little bit stubborn? Come on, no, don't answer that. That's how won't help your marriage. So someone <laughs> threw their hand up really quick. Um, so yeah, um, I'm stubborn. I'm the stubborn one in, in a relationship. Actually, at, with our kids, I, I feel like all of our kids have gone through stubborn phases, and it's always my, my goal to break them of that, you know? So I remember when Lily, my oldest, she's six now, six and a half, when she was right at two, we were on a trip to Disney. We were dr- walking from like uh, a pool in the hotel to our room, and uh, it was a long walk to get there. So Katie was carrying stuff. She's pregnant with Annabelle, our second child, and so she couldn't hold Lily. Well, Lily did not want to walk. And I said, well, Lily, let's get to the room. You know, I'm negotiating. Then we get to the room. We got, we got ice cream. We got snacks. Come on, you can walk with us. She goes, no, 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 I want you to carry me. I'm like, no, 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 you need to walk to the room. And Katie's like, Aaron, just pick her up. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the lesson I will teach her. I will break her at this moment. This is it. You know, parents, we get these ideas. So Katie's like, I'm done with this. She walks on ahead. And me... And this one and a half, two-year-old spent 45 minutes arguing back and forth about this. I'm telling her, there's greatness ahead. I promise you, there's ice cream ahead. Just walk. And I could have picked her up at any moment. I just wanted to teach her something. And I wanted her to know, listen, the walk might have been a little bit miserable. It might have been a little bit painful. But there's something better on the other side if she just would have listened to me. And she didn't. And I picked her up. And we just went a lost. So... But but here's what I want you to know. It's the same with God. A lot of you guys are miserable. You go from relationship to relationship, from issue to issue, from addiction to addiction, and you go, I just can't break it. Yes, you can if you just start doing life God's way instead of your way. We've got this power struggle. I wrote it down this way because I don't think God is so interested in how great you believe. I think he's way more interested in how willing you are to bend. I think God wants to bend you a little bit and say, hey, whose will is going to win in this thing? And for my life, I want God's will to win. I want God's will to dominate my life. I I know it doesn't make sense. People tell me all the time, well, what God wants for my life never makes sense. It never makes sense to give. It doesn't make sense to serve. It doesn't make sense to invite people to church. I understand. Stop trying to get it to make sense. I wrote it down this way. Listen, in my life of faith, I've realized this. It's like, listen, it doesn't have to make sense for it to be God. It doesn't have to make sense. Nothing I've done significant in the world today has ever made sense when it started. It never made sense for us to blow out walls in the Bryn Plaza. Never made sense, but guess what? It was God. It never made sense for us to launch a location 10 minutes away in downtown. Guess what? It was God. It never made sense for us to go into Pinellas County and and launch 25 minutes away. We didn't have a lot of people there, but guess what? It was God. Didn't make sense to go in the convention center. It was God. I'm telling you, God wants you to do some things that won't make sense. But I'm telling you, you'll look back one day and go, it didn't make sense, but it was God. I'm glad I yielded to his will over my will. Every single time, you'll come out better on the other side. So here's my question for you today. When's the last time you've taken a radical faith risk in your life where you've had to bend your will and obey God's will? You go, I don't have to do that very often. This is what it means to be part of the Great Commission. God, I'm gonna just do radical things that are yielding my life to God and watch how God will, God will use you. C.S. Lewis says it this way. There's two kinds of people in the world. Those who at the end, God says to them, I mean, they say to God, thy will be done. Whatever God you want for my life. And then there's others who God says to them at the end, well, thy will be done. And the result is obviously destruction in our lives. I don't want that to be me. All right, here's the second one. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth 
has been given to me. Therefore, here's the commission, ready? Go and make disciples of all nations. That's what Radiant's all about, trying to help raise up disciples for Jesus of all nations. So we don't just do it here, we do it around the world. And then, look at that, we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember that, that's very important because baptism is after you say you're a disciple, not before. So that's where the church has got it wrong so many times because they baptize infants and babies. Cool tradition, but the problem is biblically, it's I've made a conversion experience. I'm gonna follow that with a public declaration that I got baptized. That's why we do what we're doing today and you can still get baptized at every location if you wanna be obedient and do that part of, in your life. Then it says like this, and teach them to obey. Here's what, I, here's what God wants, everything. And then here's what he does. It's everything that I command you to do. So I, I firmly believe we wanna be great commission people. We need to be obedient to God. So the question is then, how do we know what God is saying? Because that can be very confusing. Well, I figured it out in my life. When I don't know what God is saying, I always just look at what God has said. And I just try to live my life based off that. So here's the second thing. Here's the E of a yes person to the Great Commission is that I'm established in the word. And this is important because we're swayed by all kinds of stuff, swayed by all kinds of voices. And I think it's about time we get God's voice right back into our life. I think it's important that we invest in God's voice and what is God saying to us? You got a lot of people on Facebook telling you how to live, a lot of family members telling you how to live and you're taking their advice and you would never want the outcome of their life, but you're taking their advice. But I'm telling you, God tells us how to live in this word. He's very clear and he, he can give you guidance and he could give you direction. The problem with a lot of us is that we think this word should tell us about our future. So when we're frustrated, we open it up and we go, man, it doesn't tell me who I'm supposed to marry. It doesn't tell me what job I'm supposed to take. It doesn't tell me where I'm supposed to move. And we're all frustrated, so we stop reading it and you've missed the point of the Bible. The Bible, listen, the Bible is not direction for your future. It's a word for your present. So I'm gonna help you with this because it's gonna change the way you look at your Bible to where you stop thinking about, okay, what do I need to do then? Because when I read the Bible, I'm not looking for direction for the future. I'm looking for something in the present that I can be obedient with today. So the Bible says it this way, that thy word is a lamp to my feet. It's a lamp to my feet. So when the world goes dark, here's what happens, okay? This is really important, but every location, if you're in St. Pete downtown, I want you to know this is part of the, guy, the thing, okay? When the world goes dark, you have to look at God's word. So when your kids are crazy, it looks dark right now. Well, I read God's word and here's what God's word does. It doesn't light up the whole path, it just lights up my feet. And you know what it shows me? It shows me, you know what, if I just be obedient, I don't know what is out there, but I just know that right here, if I just start to keep on, here's what the word tells me, train up a child in the way that it should go. And in the end, they will not depart from you. So I, I don't know what the teen years are gonna look like. I don't know what college is gonna look like. But I know right now, I can be obedient to what God says today. And as long as I'm obedient to what God says today, I think he's not gonna let me stumble and fall. Well, my finances are wrecked. How do I get out of it? What if the market tumbles? I don't know. But I know that if I bring the tithe into the storehouse, if I just am faithful to giving to God today, he says he will open the windows of heaven over my life. So I don't know what the future holds, but I'm gonna just be faithful today. Well, well my anxiety is overwhelming me, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to have a good relationship because of it. I know how it is. So when I look at it, I don't know, but here's what the Bible lights up my path right now with saying, you know what? I can cast all my cares on him, for he cares for me. 
well, Aaron, I've screwed up too much. I don't know if God will ever forgive me. I just opened my Bible to Romans 8. What shall separate me from the love of God? Shall death or famine or darkness or disease? No, 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 no. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Let it light up your path. Watch how God will give you direction today for today, and he can do it in your life. This is why we gotta be people of his word. I just wanna say this. I honor my parents. My parents who raised four very ADD, crazy, hyper children. But it was five times at minimal a week. I'm telling you, my mom and dad fought for this. Where we had at least five times a week, we'd gather around that dinner table and we'd do dinners together. And I think it's crucial to family development. And after dinner, every time we'd open up some devotional, we'd read some devotional. And me and my brothers and sister, we would laugh at each other. We'd spitball each other. We're kicking each other under the table. I'm sitting there going, we're not getting anything out of this, but let them do whatever they want to do to us. I'm telling you, I never saw it paying off for years and years and years. I actually asked my mom years later, I'm like, why would you keep doing this? We were crazy. None of us were listening. She said, Aaron, it's because you looked at it wrong. You were looking at it like it was scripture. I knew it was more of seed than scripture. It was something just going deep into your mind. You might not have even remembered what we talked about, but I know that God's word never returns void. Parents, keep investing in those kids. Keep dragging them to church. Keep praying over them. I'm telling, I'm telling you, it won't return void if you live by God's word. It's, it's about time we just, we, we make this part of our life yet again today. A week ago today, I wake up to the news, Easter Sunday, and the team can come. Easter Sunday with the idea that, you know, Sri Lanka is, you know, all those places bombed, the schools, I mean, churches bombed. I've, I've been to that, the one church in Negumbo that was totally destroyed. I've been to that church. Um, I stayed in, last November, I stayed at a hotel in Colombo. When I go, I go two or three times a year. Um, I stayed in one hotel that was one of the hotels that got bombed. I ate breakfast at the place that the bomber went in and blew up. It was, it was too close and too real to me. Two days ago, they put out a warning to all churches and said, don't have any religious assemblies this weekend. It's too dangerous. It's too risky. So I contacted my team there in Sri Lanka, our director, and I said, well, what are y'all gonna do about church this weekend? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, the government said not meet together. He goes, of course they said that. So I says, what are you gonna do? Well, we're meeting together for church. I said, I said well, why, why, why would you do that? It's, it's, it's very, is it risky? When did it not, when did we remove the idea that, that if it's risky or if it cost us something, He's like, the, this is what his response is. The people are too hungry for God's word to, to, for us to just cancel the service. I'm sitting there going, God, give me that hunger yet again. I mean, come on, not, not to be mean, but God, we have a little storm cloud with maybe a little lightning and everybody retreats in their home going, we can't go to church today, it's too much. You know, the, the traffic might be too much. Come on, let's get a, be a people that go, no, we are established on the word of God. People have died for this book. They have sacrificed their life for this book. And I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna speak about it. I'm gonna memorize it. I'm gonna teach it to my children. I'm gonna make it part of my life. And you watch how God will use you to be a great commission Christian. All right, I'll close with this one. Ready? And Jesus ends it up with saying, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I love how Jesus always does this. He goes, hey, you're gonna go out, you're gonna make disciples, you're gonna change the world, but just want you to know this isn't the end. So the, the S in a great commission Christian is someone that is set on eternity because they know that this is not the end. But we have another age to follow where we'll be spending eternity with Jesus. 
And I want you to know eternity is real. Life is short, eternity is long. And what we do now here really, really matters. My youth pastor taught me this. I would come to him and I was newly saved, 16 year old kid, and I'd be so overwhelmed with the things of this world. I'd go, oh man, pastor, I got, I got a car wreck. I, I just got my license, I got a fender bender. What should I do? He goes, why are you worried about it? I said, well, it's stressful. He goes, listen, and he'd say this kind of statement to me all the time. Aaron, are you gonna think about that a million years into eternity? Like, no, pastor, I'm not. Then don't let it bother you now. Come on, go on. Oh man, but this girl, she, she didn't say yes to going on a date with me. Aaron, as soon as you get to eternity, are you gonna care about that? No, 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 it's, it's not gonna matter. All right, well, don't, don't let it bother you right now. I remember I, I failed a test pretty bad. I went up to him and go, oh, pastor, I failed this test. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get into that college. He goes, Aaron, are you gonna care in eternity? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I said, okay, okay, I'm not gonna let it bother me. So then I told my, pa- my teacher, you know, none of this will matter in eternity. That didn't go over well. <laughs> but here, here's what eternity does. Write it down, last note for the day, is that eternity has a crazy way of putting our problems into perspective. That when we live as Great Commission Christians, we're not realizing that, that this one temporary issue and that one frustrating thing and that one little setback, no, 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 no. No, I, I belong to an earth that's, not of this planet. I, I belong to a kingdom that's not of this earth. I'm, I'm, I'm destined for heaven and I'm gonna spend eternity celebrating there. I'm not gonna let the temporary things of this world catch me and break me down and keep me from making a difference for eternity. So I have news to make. Hey, today is our day to grab the baton. There's been great churches in Tampa Bay, decades and decades and decades that have worked this ground before us. But I want you to know, Radiant Church, Today is our time. It is our time to receive the baton of the Great Commission. We are gonna be yielded to God. We are gonna be established in His Word, and we are gonna be set on eternity. And I promise you this, when we live out Great Commission lives, we're gonna see sex trafficking eradicated and poverty dealt with, and the homeless helped, and and people that are poor and broken helped, and the lost saved, and children come back to Christ. We're gonna see it happen, because we will be Great Commission people. Come on, give God your best praise today. All right, let me pray for you. Jesus, here I am, use me. Just tell them right in your seats. Hey God, I want you to use me. I wanna, I wanna commission bigger than my life, bigger than my issue, bigger than my struggle. Just ask him all over this place, God, let me be yielded to you, bent to you, God, not my will, but yours be done. Come on, help him. God, help me be established in your word. Lord, if that's, that means just doing an extra devotion or helping my kids or or leading a small group. God, help us to be a church that's established in the word of God. And Lord, let us be set on eternity. Lord, as we give and as we serve and as we deal with our struggles, Lord, let us realize that one day we're gonna be celebrating for eternity the short life that you've given us here. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know it can start right now. You can make a decision of faith to say, you know what? I'm gonna commit my life to him. When you realize that he went to that cross for you in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your frustration, he died for your sins and for mine. I want you to know that today can be your day of salvation. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down and say, Aaron, today's the day. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I want a fresh start. And I believe he'll meet you right in this room, every location, ready? One, two, three. Throw those hands up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. People all over the back, thank you. Just pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. 
be my Lord and be my Savior. Tell them this, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. Now help me be yielded to you, established in your word, and set on eternity. We thank you, Jesus. And everybody that believes it says, hey, can we celebrate the lives that were just changed in this room? Big deal, huge deal. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close it out. If you're in here, you just made that decision. I want you to check on that connection card. I committed my life to Christ. We wanna send you a resource. We're gonna send you some books to help you on the journey. If you wanna get baptized, and stick around. We got multiple services today. All of our locations are doing baptisms right after their services. We'd love to help you with that. We're gonna end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. Radiant Church, you guys are the best. When I looked around that room last night, I mean, last Sunday, I looked at it and go, it's for the grace of God and the generosity of this church. We're seeing the city saved for Jesus, and it's just the beginning. So thank you for being faithful. Thank you for giving. Thank you for tithing. Thank you for putting God first. Lord, I pray a blessing over them. Lord, there's many of them that are new to the whole giving thing. And I pray that as they act in worship, we don't give to get. We give because you've given so much to us. So I pray a blessing over them here, St. Pete, downtown. Lord, whether they give online or through text giving or here in the service, supernaturally bless them for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. 